Hello and welcome to episode one of Dingoes and Dimwits. I'm your DM, also known as Death Adder slash Aaron, whatever you want to go about. Uh, I am joined by four lovely individuals. Uh, if you've listened to episode zero, then you will know each little bits about the characters, but I'm just going to give you a quick introduction anyways. So, starting in no particular order, we have Exo Below Alien, also known as Navarth Elmwood. Hey, how are you? I'm good. God, good. I'm glad to hear. Oh, sorry, we're okay, going to have a discussion. Okay. I wasn't sure. Apparently, apparently okay. we're doing that. I wasn't sure we were just saying hello. <laughs> we're going to have a discussion. Apparently, we're having a discussion. So, g'day, guys. Navarth Elmwood here. Uh, fucking star of the show. Can't wait to fuck Get that off dragon. the stage! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> we're also joined by quite also known as Boral Yomer. Ahoy! And also Rampage, known as Velas Enaris. Hello, Alassie. And finally, but not last or least in any way, fashion, because he's the healer and I want to make sure he's special. Um, we're also joined by Blake, also known as Ugor. Ugor. G'day. Let it be known that the uh, the DM's low-key, like, kind of propping the fucking healer up <laughs> to, a, like, a higher standard than the mm. rest of hey, us. Hey, hey, Okay, hey. DM, I guess the rest of us don't <laughs> matter. It's fine. I've well, got maybe some nature. people don't matter as much. It doesn't no, matter so because loose. I don't need a healer. I'm never going to get hurt. <laughs> In case you missed episode zero for any particular reason... Um, Navarth, also known as Alien, uh, his character doesn't necessarily think that healing comes in any way other form or fashion by nature itself. So let's see how that pans out for him in the future. That's fine. Uh, I won't need uh, nature nor Ugor to heal right me. Oh. It's fine. I don't need no stupid orc to he heal me. He just needs the loving care of a dragon. Bitch. <laughs> I need the love and embrace of a dragon. Oh my god. Yes, sir. It's going to be dragon, he says. <laughs> the world of Minos is a simple planet surrounded by two moons with four large continents. Gragos, the heart of peace and prosperity. Tilma, the merchant capital. Rizula, the Ice Nation, and Kaldorn, a strong land where blood and gold rule all. Our adventure begins in the land of Gragos, in the capital city of Evergreen. Our heroes have been sent a letter asking for them to arrive here. The letter reads, Hello adventurer, this letter has been sent to you and a few others in hopes of finding champions to aid us. Something strange is happening, something that I cannot tell you in this letter, so please travel to the city of Evergreen, in the land of Gragos, and speak with the guildmaster. Do not mention this letter to anyone, nor my name, for the fear it will cause unwanted attention from the dark forces. Take heed my words. Do not trust the one called Dura. I fear they may not be able to break their chains. Go now. You must save us. Our time is short. Sage. Our heroes will embark on a journey of a lifetime, where they must face the unseen, battle fearsome monsters, and most likely break a few things. Hopefully not too much, but you never know with this bunch. And save the day. Maybe. So if you would, settle in, get comfortable, because you're about to enter the weird and wonderful world of dingoes and dimwits. Alrighty, just in case you missed it in episode zero, our boys' classes are as follows. Navarth is our ranger, Falas is our sorcerer, Boral is our fighter, and Ugor is our paladin. So we're starting in Gragos in the lovely bustling city of Evergreen. So, as each of you arrive in Evergreen, you uh, arrive in the city centre, right by the docks, uh, at a giant water fountain. The city itself is, has nice paved roads, streets are filled with 
tens of thousands of people bustling to and from. The docks are extremely busy with exports coming in. There is a sweet smell of fish along with floral aromas in the air. The streets and uh, all the buildings are all large in stature, very sophisticated and very wealthy from what it seems. As you get together, you arrive at a similar point, pull out the letter and all reflect upon yourself about how you've come to be at this position. As you are doing this, a elderly human male walks in front of you and says, Greetings! My, my, what strapping young adventurers! Each of you look so lovely. You there, half-orc, are you? Are you a half-orc? That is me. Yes, you look strapping. I think. And you, you elf, well, there's two elves. Ah, my age, it's getting to me. That's all right, old man, don't worry about it. I'll take it from here. G'day, Navarth. I'm uh, I'm from the northern forest of Tilma. I'm the more important elf here, uh, just so you know. I uh, don't know who this other bloke is, but uh, I am the more important one. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, uh, okay. Cocky one this is. Um, well, uh, w- welcome to Evergreen. Um, I'm just a humble old man. I run a little tilling store down the road. Um if you've come here, you're looking probably for the Adventurer's Guild, I would say. Um, it appears to be that you probably don't know where you are, so I'll just let you know. It's at the top of that hill. The old man points to the top of the hill. In the distance, you can vaguely make out the letters G-U-I, and you all get the sense that that's kind of where the Adventurer's Guild is. Um, as the letter stated to you in the first place, you need to find the Guildmaster, so you all get the sense that you, know, you should probably bustle along. Well... Enjoy yourselves. I'm going to continue about my day. Um, nice meeting you, I guess. Yep. Thank thanks. you, old man. Thanks, thank old you. man. Later. Appreciate All it. Right. Okay. He's a, he's a gold for your troubles. Are you, are you, is, is that no, genuine? <laughs> remember, you have a limited <laughs> amount of money. You really got to just like go. You really yeah, throw away gold like that? Bro? Let me, let me nah, slap bro. my cock on the table for you. <laughs> <laughs> As a DM, obviously, I'm going to check you. If you're going to say stuff like that, I'm going to go, are you sure about that? <laughs> are you yeah, sure if you're going to commit. It's, I a, mean, it's a chocolate gold. Piece of chocolate gold. <laughs> you just have chocolate gold. Oh, that's strange. Um... Thank you. What is he just this wanders away. Delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he wanders away holding his lower back, mud, muttering about something. You all get the sense that it's probably some form of profanity. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old man. Um, <laughs> each of you uh, head on forward, not really aware of one another. You all walk in the same general direction, um, heading up the streets of uh, Minos now. For the viewers and listeners at home, I designed some maps and um, I might let these maps be public at some point in time. Just for the meantime, it's mainly purely for the people that are playing. Um, It's not really going to affect the campaign at all. Um, As you're passing through, you walk past a blue statue of a dragon. Mm. Um, As you're about to cross over a bridge and head up a incline of a hill towards the guild. Josh, stay away. Stay away, Alf. Stay away, Alf. I made a very provocative... (laughs) I do do come from the south as my character. Um, So, you know, I I do have quite a distance to travel from that fountain to that that blue dragon. There are a few few places around. Uh, 
namely mm. stalls. Yeah, um, maybe, there's a lot of stalls around. Uh, the, the inn is located a bit further up a over the bridge. Okay. I really like the trees. Um, mm. They really mm. speak <laughs> to me on a spiritual level. Um, Damn, just... are they telling you to shut the fuck up? Well, <laughs> see, the thing is, they're just they're speaking to me in a, in a language that you you merchants couldn't quite understand. Uh, you, you, oh, see, you, I don't speak moron, you, you, so, you yeah, know. No, but see, the thing is, you're, <laughs> okay. so, you're so far up yourself. Uh, this is so close to metagaming. I was about to say, are we supposed to know each other? No, yeah. you don't know each other. You don't know where you're from. <laughs> it's so no. close to metagaming. Well, well, don't worry say, about it. It's fine. It. I'll come back to it later. Okay, can, I, can I go through um, exploring the stalls? If you want to stop and explore through the stores, you right. can. can. Everyone we... else seems to con- uh, continue yeah, on cool. forward. You I get the sense say, you probably should go as soon as possible. So, like, so... just take note of some of the shops, just so I know, like, mm. if on, I need DM, to get some I, general can supplies. Can I walk up to, to Burrell and say g'day, uh, just, like, introduce if you want. myself? Yeah, by all means. Hello, adventurer. My name's Navarth. I come from uh, the, the north forest of Tilma. Where are you from? Uh, not, not too far from the northern forest of Tilma. Uh, I'm just, I'm just wandering through, you know. Just, I've got some appointments somewhere to go, you know. I'm just checking the stalls before I head off. Oh yeah, fair enough. You go anywhere in particular? You're going? Um, no, uh, nothing, nothing that concerns you at this moment. Okay, righto. Well, I'll continue on my adventure. Have fun. Um, till we I'm cross sure, paths sure again. Around. Sure. Whatever you, whatever you'd say. I love the awkward exchanges because it makes me feel exactly like what you guys would be in public if you never met each other. It's just like, hi. And you're just both like, I don't want to tell you who I am. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Yeah, well, I like, introduced you, myself. Man. He fucking cold shoulder. Yeah, I'm here at the stalls, bro. What do you want? It's his character. He's, he's reserved. Cold. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to cold. buy something. What do you want? I, all right, can we just like just separate? I was going to say, as I was walking yeah, past you, the dragon, I'd like off. statue. I'd like to know what the statue is or means if it represents anything. Yep. So the the statue itself is of a blue dragon, um, very poignant on the point uh, that you are looking at this. You get the kind of sense and sensation that this dragon looks not like the dragon from um, your past, but something that's I guess eerily similar. Um, it does make you think of your mother and of your subsequently your father as well, uh, and the circumstances that got you to this point as well. All right. So there, uh, there is a nameplate below. It appears to be in Draconic. Um, yeah. it, I don't know. Actually, I'm just going to check. Do I you can read you, Draconic. Can anyone? You can read Draconic. Read? Okay, sweet. Mm-hmm. I can so also read the, Draconic. Just, nice. Because uh, I want to throw that out. <laughs> <laughs> so in anyway, in in Draconic, it it just reads. Um, uh, artistry made by the Royal Commission of Evergreen. All right. It doesn't really have a name or anything. Mm. It just says that it's been commissioned to be like a staple little piece in the town, like a little art yeah. structure. So, right. um, Borel, you said you were having a browse um, in the shops. Yeah, I'll, I'll move towards the shops, but we'll see what uh, Igor would like to do as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling the beginning. quite tired, so... I think uh, we should look for somewhere it's, it's to sort of. Very early in the morning. Yeah, we had a we had a big long long trip overnight. He didn't get his coffee. <laughs> it, yeah, it, I'm going to say that you're not tired. Coffee. I might, uh, I might as... follow Boral around. I'm interested. In no, I mean, you, you're following. U- U- Ugor's like. I might retract that comment. Suddenly, I have a burst of energy. <laughs> Didn't realize it, it's it about... was first thing in the fucking morning. <laughs> it's about eight o'clock in the morning. It's like. 
bright and sunny summer, and there's, there's a lot of noise uh, happening around in the docks because it's a very, uh, very heavy port. There's a lot of people moving around. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So if you're having a look at the stores, a lot of the stores around here appear to be uh, merchants that are selling uh, exports. So a lot of fish, spices, uh, fruit and vegetables from different lands, uh, different cloths, silks. Um, are there any... Um, um- like med- medical sort of tent uh, stalls or anything like that? Herbal tents, yeah. Um, there, there's there's not so much medical stuff. There there are signages to say for like a hospital um, that's a bit further to the east um, in in Green uh, Evergreen. Um, there's some supplies. There's uh, like some potion sellers and and some medicinal herbs kind of uh, situations going around with a couple of the stalls uh, that are kind of like odds and ends stores that will sell. You know, they'll sell a hat, but they'll also sell you a healing potion kind of thing. That's, yeah. Okay. Oh. The primary city center kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a quick peruse. What about, yeah, uh, what about Favas? Where's he headed? He's, he's had a look at the oh, dragon. So I'm just, uh, I'm just going to like peruse the town a bit, just take note of named stalls and that, just so I know where they are if I need to make a quick stop into them later on. But after seeing the dragon, I'll continue on. Towards the guild because it was in the letter. After introducing myself to Boral and getting basically the cold shoulder, I've decided that uh, I've got no interest in the rest of the stalls because they don't interest me in the slightest. I proceed to want to exit the town and also take interest in the blue dragon statue. Uh, but for a bit of a different reason more than anything else, I just uh, kind of get a bit <laughs> excited. I uh, realise... I don't realise at first that it's a statue. I think that there's just a random dragon chilling in town. Um, but uh, later do I realise that it is actually a hard rock and, and not the one in my pants. Uh, <laughs> <why? laughs> Alright. Oh, so we're going to go PG rating <laughs> way out the window. It's gone. I, I don't like this guy. Can I use my um, my divine sense to see if there's anything uh, Ugo, fishy? You, you're, you're not next to me right now. I just want you to know. like, You weren't there to experience my hard rock looking at a hard rock, okay? Just so you know. He, he can get the kind of sense himself. that you're kind of a kind of person that he's not really wanting <laughs> to associate with himself with. Has come over with a whole sense of just weird aura coming from a dragon statue. I can he sense the horny. thing from Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a dagger in your pants or are you just happy to see that dragon? <laughs> I'm incredibly happy to see this dragon. <laughs> um, okay, so you're, you're going to use like your divine sense. You know that you can only use that One once a day. Best, yeah. I yeah. Think, um, Are you sure you want to use that? Because it's it's just a city. Like, you, there's a lot of things going on. If you want to kind of use it, you can. But I would say that it's probably not worth it. Yeah, okay. I might, hold, I might hold on to it then. I think everything's okay, pretty yeah. chill. Yeah. So, I, I'll say after probably about half an hour, 45 minutes of, you know, wandering around aimlessly and some people just staring at a dragon taking mental images, mm-hmm. Um you, you, each of you kind of per, uh, make your way towards the bridge and head up and over and then up the hill. Uh, conveniently, you all arrive at the front of the uh, guild at a similar-ish kind of time and make your way in, um, unbeknown to each other, really, you know, just being polite, opening the door for one another because um, you're not absolute garbage people. <laughs> I had to pause for a moment just in case there was a comment. I was going to walk in, slam the door in front of the next I, person. I will say that I, I kind of lag behind mainly because I've noticed Navath again. And I'm just kind of 
Yeah, don't. I was gonna make I'm, a comment. I'm a little bit more that. timid. I just, I, I notice him, and I just, I keep myself a little bit further back. You best believe no. that as soon as we're kind of like in a circle, I'm gonna just scream out because I'm an arrogant cunt. So I'm just gonna be like, "Oh, look, see you again here." <laughs> when we get to that point, huh? Yeah, mm, don't worry. He's doing well. <clears throat> Conveniently, <laughs> as you enter inside, so you enter inside this larger guild, but it appears to be pretty much empty. Uh, a mm. lot of the tables and a lot of the cork boards, which would normally have bounties and whatnot there, appear to be quite empty. Um, the guild master is sitting behind a kind of desk, um, reading a book with glasses sitting down. He's a human, uh, probably about middle-ish kind, uh, middle-ish kind of age. He's uh, heavier built. Um, I mean, like he looks like he would tear a you know coconut in half uh, if he had to. Um, but essentially, he's just you know sitting around, um, just reading a book. So you guys enter into the uh, Adventurers Guild, and then from there, what do you do? I notice uh, Boral again as a starting point before we kind of discuss anything further. I, I notice him across the way and say, hey, I remember you from the, the market. What are you doing here? Um, well, I'm still figuring out where I am, and I thought, why not check the guilds in case there's somebody here that knows what the hell they're doing? Oh, yeah, that, and, that, uh, that seems like a pretty standard course of action. And you're here, I guess. Yeah, you know, what you're you doing? know living, living my best life, uh, chilling out in nature and whatnot. You know, just wanted to get it down the great outdoors, <laughs> mate. As- as you're in, sh- sure. Um, look, wonderful to meet you again. I'm going to keep moving. All right, fair enough. As as you guys are all talking, the guildmaster looks up from his book and sees four individuals that he's never really seen in this guild before, and goes, "Ah!" Slams the book down on the countertop, gets up, ugh, cracks his back, and then looks at you. You realize now from looking at him, he's probably about six foot eight. He really built. Um, I can all. But an older man at that. Um, he looks at the four of you and then he just goes, Greetings, my, my, what strapping young adventurers. Uh, could you be here for a particular reason? I guess there's a group of you, so I can only uh, take into account that you're here to do something or other with the Adventurers Guild. Uh, I'll, I'll say that I don't know any of these individuals. Um, I'm here on my own accord. I kind of met that bloke down in the market and introduced myself. He's still been quite uh, cold-shouldered to me, but uh, by an introduction, you- he he did just push himself onto me. So, well, listen, you, know. you you could have responded, but you chose not to. So that is your problem, not mine. <laughs> now, That's wonderful. Uh, That's just wondering, great. old man, uh, do you have any adventures that uh, a strapping group of individuals as ourselves could uh, partake on, whether it be as a group uh, or on our own? I don't mind. Well, this is interesting because. Uh- I'm also here on my own accord, but it looks like we've all arrived at the same time. But uh, yeah, something tells me we're all meant convenient. to be here together. Well, that's uh, I that's guess an we're interesting here to observation. talk to you as well. Are we signing up to this guild, or is there something oh, well. else more? Okay, uh, well, I mean, uh, I guess yeah. If if you're here for that matter, um, I'm you know, I guess it's convenient timing or divine sense, whatever you want to believe in. Um, I honestly don't care for that bull. Uh, my name is Taro. I am the guildmaster here, and I've been the guildmaster for the last 12 years. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, Gragos is pretty quiet. Uh, we haven't had so much as uh, any form of 
requests in the last 18 months. It's been it's been a rather quiet period. Um, I guess if you are all here as a group, the only thing I can kind of do is, uh, well, I have a more personal quest, if anything. Uh, another adventurer that is a good friend of mine that's that's been with the guild for quite some time has um, gone off to deal with a little dispute that's happening just north of here. Um, about a few days away, there is a city called Sledge. Uh, that city is the home uh, and namesake of the Minotaur uh, capital. And um, it appears they are having a bit of a civil war at the moment. Um, I'm not entirely sure about the specifics. Uh, a lot of them seem to be at each other's throats for one reason or another, um, which is quite unusual. They have been united for many, many years, uh, but it's it's a bit strange. Um, the individual in question, um, he is a Minotaur. He is from that region. He's actually the son of the uh, chief. Um, and he wanted to go see about it himself. But um, he went off about five days ago, and it's only about two days' trek. Uh, his father and I are old uh, old party friends. We, uh, we were adventurers with one another when we were much younger. Um, we do keep in touch via Raven, and he sent me a letter asking if his son had been through or left already. Um, only a day or so ago, and it's quite confusing. It doesn't take that long to get to Sledge. So uh, the only thing I can really offer you is uh, if you could head towards Sledge and see if you could find the whereabouts of you know this missing adventurer. Um, his father is offering 10 gold pieces um, or two and a half gold pieces per individual, I guess, being the four of you. Um, to finding out and, and returning his son back to safety, uh, if if at all possible, um, would that be something that you are all interested in? I'm I'm interested. Uh, will yeah. the cash still be paid out if there is no individual to return? If for some reason he has passed, um, there there are guild banners and or markings that we give. There he holds out like a patch that um, you know. He has this sewn onto his belt. Uh, if if you do find the corpse of him, it'd be quite sad. But if you could return that patch to his father, uh, I'm sure his father would understand, and he would still pay uh, to know uh, where his son has passed. Hopefully, uh, that is not the case. What is this son's name? So, if we do run by him, we actually can say that you know we're friends and all that sort of stuff. Just making sure, uh, looking out for him. He is his name is Kills Killsbane. So he, he goes by in the guild as Killsbane and his father is Killsbane as well. Do you have a picture of what Killsbane looks like so that we know what we are looking for? I mean he's a large minotaur, uh six and a half feet, um, with black horns. So what you're saying um, is he's gonna be pretty pretty hard to not spot. Yes, his, he has a septum piercing, um, as many minotaurs do, but um, he and his father uh, burn their horns when they were children um, as like a symbol of showing them different in their family. Uh, it's a tradition that his father started um, when we were adventurers and his son decided to take it up. There are not many minotaurs with black tusks, um, black horns, sorry, that I've ever seen. So it'd be pretty difficult to miss him. You mentioned the Civil War. Is that between Minotaurs and another race or just Minotaurs and Minotaurs? 
And Minotaurs and Minotaurs, I'm not quite sure what has caused this to happen. Um, it's kind of out of the blue. Um, the, f- you know, Killsbane, you know, he, uh, Chief Killsbane, he certainly doesn't have uh, any reason for fighting amongst himself. And the last letter that I had spoke with him, he didn't really understand what was going on with his people. He was trying to find and investigate. There was another adventurer that was nearby that he was uh, relying upon, um, an elf, uh, whose name I'm not entirely familiar with. But uh, he um, he was helping and insisting the chief. So for the reason of them fighting, I'm not sure, but it is definitely Minotaur on Minotaur violence, if at all. Interesting. So. The Evergreen Guard has de- uh, deferred to uh, stay out of it. The military as a whole is deferred to stay out of it as the Civil War is enacted in itself. Uh, the Chief has asked for any outside sources, unless requested, uh, give a wide berth. I'm in. Such as, such in. as the Guild as an outside source? It would be, uh, if not for a personal request, uh, at, at least of finding his son. I like it. How many days so walk to Sledge again? Sorry. Uh, so you, you, traveling to Sledge will take you two, two and a half days uh, uh-huh. heading north from here. What are you scared about? A, bit, a little bit of walking there, mate. I don't know. You seem like the kind of guy to eat too much food, so keep wise. <laughs> oh, that's a bit energetic of you. I'm a wood elf that's a medium build and not very tall. I would like to think that I could probably outrun you in the wild, wild west. You think I got two eyes or not? Mate, clearly you feeble, weak human can't even comprehend. <clears throat> I guess if you are going to be a party in collective individuals, you kind of need to work out your own problems. Um, I have this scar, and he points to a scar down his neck, which goes from the from his jawline down towards underneath his shirt. That is from the chief. Uh, he and I uh, used to be at each other's throat most of the time, but uh, as we've gotten older, we've really understood that, uh, you know, that when you make bonds, they uniquely stay for life, especially ones when you uh, shed blood with one another. Let's, uh, let's, let's go. I'm in. Count me in. All right. If you're all ready, well, I don't have much to do. He just signals a girl uh, who seems to be sweeping. Um, she's just a human girl um, just sweeping in the background. Uh, I'm going to be leaving. Um, no one's gonna, else is going to come in. So, Do we need to... Uh, take any uh, official or sign something official that we've ac- accepted this thing. So well, when we come back, if you're not here, do we have a marking to hold to yes. signify this guild? Yes. So he then pulls out from a pocket that sits behind his back. It's just a mark of an eagle um, on a like a patch. Um, the eagle is bare bones. It's very minimalistic in terms of the drawing. You can make out that it's an eagle. This is a signifying uh, mark of the guild. You know, Killsbane will have this on him as well. So he then hands each of you one of those. Keep it on your person. You do not have to attach to anything if you do not wish, but it signifies that you're acting on representation of this guild. And um, if you do anything nefarious, then the guild will be aware and so will subsequently the military. It's not so much of a warning factor as it is just you know now. 
So if you follow me, I'll take you to the edge of town. So he leads you out of the guild um, and you go down some steps and take a uh, right-hand turn. Um, As you can see, walking along a large pathway where carriages are coming in and out with people on horses, um, there appears to be a large archway with four different roads that span out of Evergreen. Uh, One of the uh, signs pointing north uh, says uh, sledge, two days journey. Um, He stops at the edge of the, uh, the gateway and says, Yep, so if you follow the signs, you'll get your way to Sledge. There will be a halfway point somewhere along the way, a little town called Gru. Um, There's also a camp just before that as well. Um, You you can't miss it. If you follow the road and don't deviate, you'll be fine. Um, It's not too particularly dangerous, but, you know, this is a world where I guess uh, anything can happen, at least I believe so, and my many scars seem to say so. Uh, I would just make sure that you have your wits about you. That, that's all. Other than that, um, please, please find Killsbane and uh, you know help help out. He's left you on your way, and you all start heading out of the town. And yeah, this is probably the best time to introduce each other. Do we have supplies first? You do. Everyone is supplied. You are pre-equipped with uh, stuff. I, w- I would say you're pretty equipped. I don't know. We got stuff like bedrolls and whatnot. But do we have food? Uh, you. Everyone has rations and food. Oh, yes. Yeah, something like that. Because we we're going to uh, need more rations. Oh, no, one day's ten, ration. Ten rations. Yeah, but in, in, this, uh, in this world, I, I say you use, like, to stop personal metagaming and, and excluding of certain situations, um, it's, it's pretty assumed that you're just going to eat food and have food readily prepared. So we don't actually have to consciously think about food, even exactly. though it says I've only got one-day rations. I'm just going to constantly be able you to You have, have 10 pieces of one-day rations. The yes. only thing I will say is if you're trying to like actively be like, I'm just going to sit here and munch on something as a snack, I would say that you would have to have something to contribute to you having that. Outside of it, it's just like, well, when you stop, when you have a rest... You'll eat and drink and keep yourself uh, in, in a liberal state, especially if you're staying in an inn. Your accommodation and everything will include meals and, and so on and so forth. So when we when we say we have like a ra- if we're traveling, could we just say at the beginning of the day we eat one rations just for the? You don't have to. No, it's it's assumed. No. We do, we're just going to assume that everyone's eating. Assumed everyone's they're, they're eating, eating drinking. Yeah, yeah, you're doing the things that you need to. I don't want you to have to go, hey, look, guys, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to go take a dump. I'm going to take a fat dump. <laughs> Anyways, you tr- head off and you start trudging towards um, the village, as he mentioned, grew. Um, there are signage to say so. And, you know, as it mentioned, uh, Sledge is a few days away. It's now kind of like middle of the day when you're leaving um, after, you know, dilly-dallying around, being shown through. Evergreen is quite large, so your little travel through to the guild and then to outside of the guild does take some time, um, but, you know, not too long. You're, you're all on a road, you're all traveling. Um, this is the best time for you guys to introduce each other. You don't have to give your backstories, but you can, like... Intriguing that uh, morale chooses to be on the complete opposite side <laughs> of me, <laughs> trying to stay... Well, the fuck away from me. <laughs> Almost like I did that by design. Um, so, feel free to introduce each other. I I speak to the person that is to my right and introduce myself. G'day, my name is Navarth. How you going? I'm good, thank you. I'm Foles, and I'm from Ethildor. Oh, nice. Where is Ethildor located? It's um to the east. Oh, very it's nice. In Gragos, yeah. Gragos. It's a, more of a high elven sort of society. Either, yeah. Um, yeah. All the posh elves, I see. I don't. I what don't about really. Yourself? 
I don't really get along with the with the the high elves as a uh, as a wood elf from the northern forests of Tilma. Uh, we we kind of don't really see eye to eye. Okay. Well, I don't have a problem because I'm not um, full elf. Apparently, I've learned recently. Oh, that's yeah, so- that's a development. Yeah. You didn't so you didn't like, take yeah. me as the high elf kind. I don't know whether it's just your no. attitude or aura. You just you don't really strike me as the high elf type. As you say that you notice the fact that he has facial hair and you've realized I don't have facial hair. Elves normally <laughs> don't have facial hair. I guess that kind of makes sense. He's not full elf. Mm-hmm. Yes. So basically um when my actions have always been judged of like a, a person's character and so far yours has been interesting. With uh, your interactions with uh, uh, other fellow companion to our right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the one down the end that uh, is choosing to ignore me to the I best of I can still ability. hear you. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's, uh, he's definitely doing his best to ignore me. I, I, I don't know what I did. I walked up and I introduced myself just mm. in the same way I did here. But it's okay. I guess uh, humans just don't understand us elf-like people, do they? I'd like why, did, to, why did I agree to this? I was going to no, say, I'd you're, like you're to telling me, to man. You're telling Ugor me. and ask about himself. <laughs> ask like, about well, him. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, Ugo, where are you from? Well, I'm from a range of places, my friend. But very recently, um, I've just come from the Paladin Temple in Secrius. So, yeah, nothing, nothing oh. crazy about myself. For context as well, that is to the north, uh, northwest. It's a shore city um, north of uh, Evergreen. It's like halfway up the continent, so it's a fair ways away. Yes, yeah. northwest. Right. Yeah, I have beaches up there. Mm-hmm. There's oh, a holy man. It's true, you just fancy. That's where we're going to get our beach episode. We're going to go and see <laughs> Ugor's hometown. <laughs> Can't wait uh, to see Ugor in a bikini. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That blue yes, I, do own a, I do own a pair of budgie smugglers. That's true. He <laughs> <laughs> keeps them on at all times. He's got just in case. That's law. Constantly prepared. Budgie smugglers, just in case. What can uh, I ask? Do we do we notice anything along our trip? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been. Let, let's say, like, you're all introduced to each other, and I'm, I'm going to just like. Save for uh, uh, context and certain whatnot, you've each introduced, you each have mentioned yourselves. Boral has given very minimal information, thus his character. Um, and by this kind of point in time, it's been about, you know, it's been about an hour or two. You've been traveling along the road. Um, it's just you're surrounded by tall uh, oak trees, um, nothing really out of the way. It seems to be a very typical spring day. And, and nothing seems to be kind of too out of the ordinary, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a normal just a normal peaceful day. You hear birds chirping, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, although you asked the question, um, could you do me a favor and roll a d20? Is this everyone? Nope, just uh, Boral. Roll a 20. Eight. That's it. Okay, so it's an eight. All right. Yeah, so no- nothing too you know, strange kind of comes, comes to mind. Um, for last, roll a perception check. Perception, yep. An 11. And 11? Okay. I'll say that's high enough. So, right as you're kind of looking around, um, Boral, you're kind of like, nah, I don't really notice anything. Uh, out of the corner of um, Balas's uh, eyes, he sees some bushes dart really quickly 
Uh, it was uh, something in the bushes dark really quickly to his left. Um, making minimal noise, kind of not really enough to notice anything. Um, you know, Navarth is kind of just talking about how he's, you know, oh, this and this. My bow. He's talking about his bow, really. Okay. Um, and, and everyone's kind of just going, huh. Uh, at the time. Well, then I'd like but, to say I just noticed something moving over into the bushes to the left to the rest of the group, so they have attention on it as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that's 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 incredibly useful information for us. But uh, have you heard about Soul Spring? <laughs> it is pretty fucking incredible. Uh, I I spent a lot of time. Right as you were talking about that, um, you start to hear some snarling. You can't really make out what it is initially, mm-hmm. um, and unbeknownst to pretty much everyone uh out of the bushes on one side jumps out two and on the right side jumps out one set of wolves oh oh shit oh they look they look they look pretty ferocious everyone stand behind me so they they start snarling in your general direction and they don't they don't really have a uh good look about them you get the suspicion that um they probably haven't eaten for some time um, they look quite hungry, quite a bit rabid. Okay, L- guys, I, I will just make it known now. I have the illustrious soul string. I will work best from a distance taking these guys down. Alrighty, future death coming in here. Basically, we haven't actually done too much combat in, in this context before and it's going to sound a little weird and probably not the most descriptive i do apologize it's because we are trying to kind of get a nice focused version of this at the moment it, it's going to be a little bit you know all over the shop and the first couple bits of combat so i do apologize however we are, are working on a better way to make it better for you as the listener so please bear with us so, this is the point where we would roll initiative. So, everyone, would you kindly roll initiative? Okay, so 12 or... <laughs> I rolled a 13. Who rolled the 4? I, I rolled, I a, rolled, I a, rolled a 3. I rolled a 3. <laughs> Tank, ladies and gentlemen, has rolled low. Ugor rolled a 4 and a 3. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so... Because two of you have rolled the same number, I would like um, Falas and Boral to re-roll. I got a set. <laughs> All right, seventeen again, no boy, buddy. All right, re-roll again. Oh, surely not. 16 surely not. Plus three. Oh my fucking god! How the fuck does this happen? You cannot. You cannot. Twenty-one. 18 plus 3. No! Oh my no fucking way, god! Way, dude. No way. Bro, does this happen? How does this happen? 2 plus 3 out of 5. Okay, okay. No, right. no, I'm, going to, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, for last, you got 13, and I'm going to give 21 to Boral. I'm going to make okay. Boral have their oh, first initiative. I can't believe that happened. That is beyond. That is beyond unbelievable. So the turn order is going to go as follows. Boral is going to go first. Then it's the wolves. Then it's followed by Falas. Navarth, and then Ugor, who are at the bottom of the round. So, starting up first, Boral, what would you like to do? So, in initiative and in combat situations, we're going to do this as a tutorial fight, basically. You can do two things. Your first uh, is your actions, which are attacking, and Mm -hmm. also movement. You can do these in either order. If you had bonus actions, you can also do them. 
but mm -hmm. your level one character you don't so okay. you can ready your weapons pull pull uh, out whatever you want okay uh, i pull out both short swords either hand yep dual wield mm -hmm. uh and my movement i i'll choose i'll elect to move sure now with this again you have to be within a tile you can be uh like diagonally tile. yeah you can be diagonally but that have to be a tile away from melee damage all right so rolling for movement oh uh, no you don't have to roll for movement you just move okay. the distance that you can so because your walking distance is 30 feet you can move up to 30 feet in one turn or okay. if you didn't want to uh attack you can move up to 60 feet i move 20 feet okay uh, and I elect to engage with this wall. Yep, so you walk up to two of the walls that are right next to one another. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll uh, for an attack. Okay, I'm going to roll for the first one. 16 plus 3, 19. So 19 to hit. That definitely hits their um, armor class. So that's yes. going to hit. So you need I to roll damage. Roll for damage. 7. So 7 points of damage dealt to the wolf. Uh, wolf number 1. I'm just going to make note of that. Wolf number one has how many hit points? Uh, you do not know. Do not know. Okay. Uh, and I will roll for my second attack. Uh, yep. So roll a d20 again. Uh, 13 is not enough. So you not miss enough. for your second attack. So when you come up to this wolf, it's snarling at you. You swipe, cutting across its fur, uh, lacerating it. And with your second attack, it seems to be a little bit too nimble and moves slightly out of the way of your second attack. Um, that is your turn. Next. My turn is the wolves actually and that wolf did not like what you did to it um it's going to retaliate and subsequently take a, a swift bite out of you so i have rolled uh that plus that which is not enough to beat your armor class uh, i've rolled a 15 your armor class is 16 so yes. it's going to take a bite at you um but it wince a little when it's taken the bite it's kind of distracted by the cut that you've put into it yeah. Um, the other two wolves, on the other hand, uh, aren't too happy with you. Uh, this one's going to take a step forward uh, and get into range and also is going to try and take a bite out of you. That one is also, it's not going to hit. It's its going to take a bite and, and whiff once again. Um, this wolf, on the other hand, um, is going to just move forward and it's going to get right in front. So it's going to go for the uh, oh, person shit. that looks like the shrubbery and, and whatnot where plants usually hide in. Oh, it's plants. Animals usually hide in. So the wolf is going to walk up and attack you, Navar. Uh, that's 15, 19. 19 is going to hit your armor class. Uh, 13. And it's going to roll the damage for its bite. All right, Navar, you take three points of piercing damage um, from the wolf. Okay, I take three damage. Taking some bites. Okay, so that is uh, the wolves in terms of their situation. And now, our next up on the turn order is Falas. Falas, it's your turn. You have a wolf right there uh, in front of you, and you also have two surrounding the other party member. Your turn, mm. what do you do? Um, I'm going to cast uh, magic missiles. <laughs> magic missile? Are you going to use a magic missile right off the cuff? All right, fair yep, enough. Right off the cuff, back in get them all evenly weakened i'm gonna try and hit uh each one separately and if i have do you think i have to move to get the uh get this one uh no no it's it's within uh five like five feet he's not in the road of you besides as magic missile you can control it to pinpoint accuracy okay so yeah it's it's not so much of an issue uh doing that and because you don't have to roll for like the actual attack you just roll damage yep 
though. One plus one is two. So that's two points of damage to each wolf. The uh, first wolf that was hit um, is starting to look a bit bloodied. Now, for context, bloodied looks uh, basically means that uh, a character or whatever is starting to look weaker, meaning that they're probably on the lower side of the HP. I was going to say, can I also move maybe to like go one, two, three up? Now, I will say this, as long as you stay within the surrounding uh, perception of the wolf, that should be fine. As soon as you in disengage out of that area, they get an attack of opportunity. All right, yeah, I'll go there so I can see all three clearly. Yep. So to, for context, attack, of, uh, attack opportunities are essentially if you're within a fighting distance of an enemy and they're at least aware of your, you being there, if you move out of their range and don't have a spell to disengage, um, basically they can attack you free for free. But the same goes for you as well. So if a, this, say for instance, this wolf decides to run away um, and it leaves the space in front of you or next to you, uh, you get an opportunity to attack that uh, wolf for free with advantage. Yeah. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. All right. So that is uh, Falas's go. It is now Navas' turn. I'm going to attempt to do something that you're probably going to say, no, you can't do that, but I'm going to fucking do it anyway or I'm going to try to. I would like to move first, and I would like okay. to move into this tree and climb to the top. Okay. Uh, to do that, you would invoke a, an attack of opportunity from that wolf. So if you do that, that wolf can bite you. Okay. Can I move here instead? Or is it still going to bite me? If, if you, you leave the space surrounding said. it, it will try to bite you no matter what. Oh, well, fucking if I move anywhere, they're going to attack me anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Unless I so stay within its vicinity. So I may as well... You could also miss... Yeah, so, yeah. If I take damage, I take damage. But I'm going to move into this tree, and that's going to protect me, right? Well, I mean, if you want to do that, that's perfectly fine. I will say to climb up a tree uh, would require you to expend a lot more time. So if you're going to do that, I'm not. you won't be able to also attack that turn. That's fine. Because you, if you want to do that. So do you want to move uh, again? So where do you want to go? I want to go into this tree, because then I will have clear sight of all three wolves, and next turn I'll be able to rain them down fucking soul strings divine retribution bitch you wouldn't be able to make it there in that turn you sure i've got yeah. 35 feet of movement diagonally is an additional five but the the only thing is because you're shooting out of a tree and these trees are not like humongous in height uh you're going to be sitting in a kind of precarious way that's not going to make it easy to take a shot i'd say if anything you'd probably end up having a disadvantage on your attack fine i won't climb a tree i'll just fuck this wolf that hurt me Okay, sure. I am going to draw out my two short swords. Mm -hmm. And I am going to attack the wolves. All right. So you roll uh, your uh, hit DC for the short sword. 21. The 21. That will hit for sure. Okay. All right. So first attack. So roll uh, D6 plus two. I got five. All right. So that's five points of damage. It's definitely looking bloodied. Um, if you want to expand a bonus action to attempt to do it. Now, the difference being because you are not a fighter, uh, you are a ranger when doing so. If you attack with your second uh, weapon, you still have to roll the d20 as well. You just don't get a bonus to your attack. And I'm assuming I couldn't um, now shoot it with my bow. <laughs> no, yeah, that would, that would that. require you to change weapons is a action. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll, um, I'll hit it with my second short sword. Okay, so roll to hit. I rolled a 16. 
Uh, that hits. Yep. So roll and a d6 I roll on a six. <laughs> okay. So as as you uh, uh, like, the wolf is obviously bitten you. You've pulled out your short swords. You take one swing, uh, cutting right into the undercuff of its coat, uh, ripping along. And with your second attack, you uh, strike it again, and the wolf uh, stumbles. Uh, it's not dead, but it looks like it's on its last legs. Pun intended. I see. So Ugor <laughs> could totally come in clutch and fuck this one Techn- up. Technically, he could. But will he? He, could. he doesn't he? particularly yes. seem to like me. I don't know why. I'm, I'm pretty well, this is metagaming person. right now. It's not really your turn. So <laughs> on to Ugor. Uh, it is your turn. Um, you've seen <clears> these wolves <throat> bite and uh, get attacked back. Um, what are you going to do? Well, I think they have it under control. Um, so I'm going to move next to uh, Burrell. Yep. I then choose to pull out my battle axe. Okay, yep. Are you pull using out. your battle yep, axe as two hands or one hand? Uh, two hands. Two hands, So yep. So that's, you know, so if you want to roll... Uh, ten. So fifteen. Five, fifteen. Yep, that'll hit. You, you swing your axe and um, it's dead. Describe how you kill it. I put my battle axe between its eyes and crush its skull. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> you re- reach up, you lift your axe above your head. Above my head like an executioner. And you swing down, and right as you strike the wolf on its head, it, it winces and whines and then collapses. Um, you're crushing its skull in the process. Navarth yells out from the distance, Good shit! No, you can't speak unless it's your turn, but sure, the sentiment is there. <laughs> um, okay, so that one is 100% dead. All right, back up to Borel. Um, well, I won't move, but I'll, I'll go straight into an attack. Sure. Um, still with my short swords equipped, uh-huh. uh, I'll roll for the first one to hit. Sure. Uh, it's four, so seven. That's not going to hit. Not a hit. And I use my dual wield in order to swing again. Yep. And uh, it's 23. That's a nat 20, uh, which means double damage. Okay. Rolling for crit. So that is eight points of damage. It's definitely looking bloodied. It's it's hurting. She ain't happy. All right. So this this wolf um, that you just hit in front of you, it's their turn now. So it, it doesn't like that. Um, and it's actually uh, starting to cower a little bit. It's now going to see if it's going to try and run away, which is going to provoke an attack of opportunity from both of you. So I would say Boral, you directly in front of it. So roll a d20. Um, just attack roll on your short sword because it's prepared. 17. At 17, so that would have been plus three. So that's 20 in total uh, total damage. That's going to hit no matter what. Um, roll uh, damage without proficiency. So just roll a d6. Five. Five. Five points of damage. Uh, yep. So as it starts to run away from you um, with an opportunity, um, you swing at its hind legs. Uh, as you do, um, it stops and looks back at you as you swing. And as you do, you take its head clean off. It just drops to the ground, uh, blood pussing out of it all. That, that thing is dead. As it should be. As it goes to run, I swipe at its hind legs, and as it peers back, I put it out of its misery before taking its head off clean. That That's happened. The wolf that's now in front of Navarth and uh, Falas uh, is also in a situation where it doesn't really like to be there. Um, it's also going to try and um, make a run for it. Um, Navarth, you're directly in front of it. I'm going to give you an attack of opportunity as it tries to flee. Okay. Roll a da- damage attack uh, on, on a d20. Yeah. So, five. Five. Okay, so five plus four. So nine. It's not going to hit it. It's going to try to keep running, and it's going to continue. As it does, it's going to provoke an attack of opportunity from 
Flash. However, Flash, you haven't got a melee weapon equipped at the time. Yep. You okay. can't. No, you can't. You can try and uh, make an attack with your bare hands. I think it'll be all right to keep running because I can just shoot it with something later. Yep. So the wolf is going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. So it, it's peering off just out of the distance there. Um, it's injured, so it's not making its entire movement. All right. That's uh, Falassa's turn. Um, so it's range distance. Hmm. You have several uh, ranged uh, things I that you're... I have a lot of range. <laughs> yeah. I'll use... Uh, I'll... I'll pull out the crossbow. Okay. And, uh, and just try and take a shot with that. Yeah, sure. By all means, roll your uh, hit on the. Uh, on it. Eight plus five is thirteen. Thirteen is not enough. Not enough. Damn. Not enough. No, that's just just shy of enough. Um, all you have left now is uh, movement. I'll, pro I'll probably move to be in line with these guys, just to yep. you know, just so like it's not fully getting out of the way. Make sure they're okay and all that. Yep, so you stand just to the left of where you were, keeping a clear sightline for Navarth and keeping the eye on the others that have just taken care of one of the wolves. All right, so now it's Navarth's turn. Um... Okay, I am going to show the fellow elf how it is done. I pull out my mighty soul string. Okay. I then stare the wolf down from 45 paces away and go, this is easy. I fucking hope me. you miss. I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I proceed to take a shot. I roll a 19. 19 is going to hit. So that is going to kill it. Would you like to describe the kill? Oh, fuck yeah. Well, as the wolf is trying to make his escape, I say, not today. And I fire my multi mighty soul string and the arrow pierces right between its eyes as it is carrying in fear. And you watch it collapse to the ground as its brains explode everywhere. Maybe not exploding everywhere because that will probably break your arrow. Um, okay. You kind of don't want to break your arrow. I kind of need my arrow. So the brains don't explode, but there's a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. I can say plenty of blood spatter um, from that for sure as you pierce right between its eyes just by gush it of blood pours out of its brain as it falls over. Uh, hella dead. Um, for context as well, for an anyone listening, um, I have made it so because Navarre's main primary attack is his longbow, um, he has to make sure each of his arrows are taken care of because yep. he only has 30. Mm -hmm. um, whereas everyone else with crossbows and everything else like that, please. it's kind of as they please because it's not their primary way of combat. So I go for a cheeky little run and I'll pick up my fucking arrow like, yeah, boy, I'll, I'll have that. Thank you. As, as he's shot down this wolf and it's fallen down and blood's gushed out everywhere, you just see Navarth with his bow and a big old grin just starts skipping towards where the wolf is, just like happy as can be and just completely just cheerful. And as I get to the wolf, I rip the arrow back through its... Again, can I do be that? careful what you're wording because these are wooden arrows. I kind of just like rip it out of its if you Hey, look, if you want to do that, I'm going to make you roll a d20 to see if the arrow breaks. Fine. I'll do it. I, I, I will roll a d20 for dramatic effect. I don't give a fuck. Sure. I put my leg on the back of the... Well, actually, I probably have to roll the d20 first, don't I? Uh, no, you can say oh, you can put say, your leg on the back of it. I put my foot on the back of the wolf's neck and grab onto my mighty arrow that killed the beast and rip it out ferociously. Roll that d20. Tell me if just, you do just actually a standard, do that or Just not. a standard d20. Standard d20. All right. I roll a d20. 
And that's going to end it for the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. A cliffhanger on the first episode. I know, right? Will Navarth pull the arrow out of the wolf's head? Or will he break it and cause some kind of mess all over himself? Probably the latter. Who knows? Find out in the next episode. We'll see you then.